This is Alt Haven's exclusive live stream of Predation. If you're eager to witness the live action firsthand, join us on Twitch every Monday night at 6 p.m. PST on twitch.tv slash Althaven. If you're savoring what you hear and want more captivating content, explore Althaven's other remarkable podcasts, like $2 Creature Feature and Pest Control. Our extensive backlog spans from the mystical realms of ghosts, werewolves, and vampires to the cosmic adventures of Star Trek and the heroic tales of superheroes. Your support is invaluable to Alt Haven, and we appreciate every moment you spend with us. Thank you for being part of our Haven. Hello, and welcome back to the Cretaceous period and to the far-flung future uh, here on Legacy of Silver Creek. Uh, we're jumping in tonight with uh, Chapter 14. This is going to be our penultimate episode of the season, so welcome, and thanks for sticking around with us. Um, before we jump into the game tonight, we got a couple of quick announcements, um, so I'm just going to go ahead and kick things over to Lisa, who I know already has an announcement ready to go. I do! Uh, so, surprise, surprise, we have the VODs for Clear Skies Perseverance Season yeah. 1 all on YouTube, but we're going to release that back half of episodes, episode 6 through 12, uh, starting on December 9th, this Saturday, and we're just going to have it marathon through on YouTube. So throughout the day of December 9th, you can be on our YouTube and see episode six through 12 streaming back to back to back. Um, and we'll post the playlist link. Um, you can either watch the whole stream. I think it's like 18 hours we figured out <laughs> or just pop in and watch it whenever you are available to um, after it's premiered. But yeah, we're super excited to finally have CSP all on, on VOD, like for you to, to binge. So yeah. Sweet. Okay. Thank you, Elisa. Yeah. We're really excited about that. Um, Anybody else have any other announcements that they would like to throw out there before we jump into the game tonight? Anybody at all? Nobody, really? Nothing? Not a I will say a quick addendum. Uh, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I did. I do have three new chapters of Anaya the Hunter on Storyloom mm -hmm. that are up right now. Yes, it's the beginning of the month, which means at the end of the month, I did get my shit together and those chapters are published. So thank you to my editor at Storyloom. I love you. I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, you can find me on Storyloom as Apizaliza, A-P-I-Z-A-L-I-Z-A, -A -A, and all of my stories are there. And that's it from me. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Anybody else? So we can jump into the game real quick tonight. Anybody got anything? Nothing? Yeah, you, you'd like to push the envelope, don't you, Sam? <laughs> Go ahead. I like to spike the envelope into the end zone. Mm. That's what I like. Mm, that's right. Sportsing, huh? That is a sport. Yeah. Sport. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you do that. I think you do it for like seven points. I don't know. <laughs> Feel free to tell me how football works in the comments. But while you are on YouTube to do that in the comments, why don't you go check out the latest episode of May Contain Science up on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Delevely, D-E-L-E-V-E-L-Y. Uh, our latest episode. I think we lost connection. Yep. We just got disconnected. <laughs> oh, like emotional. It's always or? when Sam's giving it out. <laughs> no, I think so. I think what's going on because I'm watching both streams. Uh, there was an issue with YouTube where it wasn't actually picking up the stream. So oh. I think what uh, Jake may be doing is a quick reset so that uh, both platforms are running at the same time. Jake, gotcha. I'm gonna send you a link. You're probably on it. But when I was YouTube streaming, there was a weird fix I had to do. You might have already found it, but I'll send you the link just in case. It's helpful. 
And I've already let the audience know on both that we'll be right back. After um, these messages. Stop being the best. Um, the competition is too much, and I will never manage. And we'll RKO you. <laughs> Out of nowhere! Out of nowhere! From Lord knows how many states away! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, everybody. Right. So, um, I'm going to let Sam have the mic again. I just want to let everybody know we are simulcasting tonight. For the first time ever, uh, we are casting on YouTube and Twitch at the same time. So there was a little bit of a technical difficulty. We are back. Sam's going to go ahead and jump back into their announcement. Uh, go ahead, Sam. Yes. Um, first announcement, I spiked something in an end zone. Okay, cool. Uh, second announcement. Please check out the latest episode of May Contain Science up on my YouTube channel. Uh, youtube.com slash at the lovely d-e-l-e-v-e-l-y the latest episode is about how apparently your eardrums move when your eyes move actually just a little bit before your eyes move what the heck is going on with that Science doesn't have an answer, but we're getting some really interesting questions together about it. So please do go check that out. Um, I will not have an episode of May Contain Science streaming live tomorrow, but uh, please uh, keep an eye out on my YouTube and on Coffee, where these things go up on early access, and maybe I'll manage to get one out this week. But for now, crimes on the moon. Crimes on the moon, 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 crimes on the moon. I'm Let's go ahead and jump into tonight's revisitation of the stream punks on the moon. I have no idea what you were saying, but it was just like a mischievous mouse that I just walked in on in the back of the class and your hand was literally passing a note to another student, another mouse student. <clears throat> All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and jump into where we left off, um, which was at a pretty pivotal moment where the party has literally split across dimensions. We have uh, two party members who are still back in Gravac, who are trying to attempt their way back to Silver Creek as quickly as they possibly can. Unfortunately, translating back to... Gravac, 
for the very first time, yielded some complications in that you guys appeared a good three and a half, oh, about four weeks journey away from Silver Creek, literally on the other side of the Red Jaw Wilds, close to Kaleno City. This is essentially, if you look at the map of Laramidia, which if you transpose that over a modern day map, is essentially the coastline from starting from basically Alaska all the way down to South America. Um, you guys are what about a split in the middle of that to give you an idea the tortix run and the the inland sea that runs straight through laramidia this continent from one end to the next if you were to take if you were at kaleno city and decided to head west and just go straight west you'd run into baja that's where you guys are right now in relation so just south of california essentially what will be california one day but uh today however it is this primeval landscape in its own island amongst this great continent um the inland sea that runs up north through the red jaw wilds where you all need to go is a place called the draco split which is just north of silver creek that is far far inland and not everyone takes that route because there's not a lot up there north of Kaleno City and past the Red Jaw Wilds is just the wilderness, a bunch of rumored sati, abandoned sati sites, and of course, Chrysalis, which is the home base of the butterflies. Everything runs along the Chalk Road, which is where all the trade happens, and that runs along the center of the Toratix run. So you guys are going to have to negotiate getting yourselves taken by ferry once again up north. You've done it before, Dahlia. It's how you got to Silver Creek the first time around. So it can be done. It's just going to take a little finagling. I believe an ox point did, did buy us our tickets. Yeah, y'all are going to essentially have the noddles that you need in yeah. order to buy your way north, which is definitely a good thing. We haven't actually had to engage with the economy of mm -hmm. the predation setting yet because Silver Creek is such an insular community. It kind of just, everyone gives what the, other, what the community needs. Everyone gives to it. But out here near Kalino City, near the Chalk Road, everything is trade. So y'all are having to engage with that, and that's going to be interesting. And meanwhile, speaking of trade, on the other side of the universe, <laughs> in a completely separate recursion, in a whole different reality, three of you are on the moon in a city called Luna One. Now, you've gotten a snapshot of where you are. For above board, for players who or uh, audience members who might be watching this across YouTube and, uh, and Twitch, we are playing two different settings right now. We are playing, well, technically we're playing three. By way, of, by way of three, we're playing two. So we're playing Predation, and the, that is where Dahlia and Joe are right now as they're journeying back to Silver Creek. Then on the other side of the spectrum, on the moon, we have, um, <clears throat> we have our other three, Zach and Clover. And um, I, I, I don't know why I'm blanking on your character's name right now, Sam. I want to call them Ollie. That's not right. Ozzy. You're very <laughs> close. Just, just I was so close. Ozzy. Mm -hmm. That setting, that game setting is called The Stars Are Fire, which is also a cipher system setting published by Monty Cook Games. And this is all being bound together through the setting The Strange, which is a setting from Monty Cook Games about leaping different realities. Okay, 
So anybody who's joining us for the first time is now caught up. Where we last left off on Luna One, the three of you were currently negotiating as to what your first order of business was. And that meant trying to get an audience with Anaximander. Anaximander apparently is an AI that is holding humanity together with scotch tape right now. You've gotten a snapshot of what things are like here on Luna One in this whole different reality. Earth certainly looks different because where we last left off was all of you gazing out over this great concourse, this communal hub that has windows allowing you to view out onto the surface of the moon, seeing all the space traffic and coming and going. But you can also see Earth from here. Now, for some of you, images of Earth is probably something you've seen, especially if you're from a SATI site or it, it's not... It's not a stretch to say that if you were educated in any sense, you have seen images of Earth already, either from Sati or Silver Creek. That's just part of the, the, the encyclopedia that they've brought with them. Remember, this is high science. So it's not like, oh my God, I'm seeing Earth from space for the first time. You guys, like us, have gotten a snapshot of it. This looks very different from what you were told Earth looks like from space. From here, it just looks like a swirling, chaotic mass of dark clouds and storms. And that's it. You were also aware, as a parting, just a reminder to the players, you were also in an atmosphere of high, high tensions right now. The snapshot of it is, is this. Earth has mysteriously gone completely dark. And nobody knows why or is saying why. But Earth was home base for the colonization of the solar system. And so everyone is in survival mode. And human government that has been basically managing all of humanity across the solar system is having to improvise right now. And Anaximander is the AI you're speaking to who's controlling Luna 1 is holding it all together. There's a lot of demands on his time. And... You do know, the last piece I'll give you is a quick reminder, you do know that Anaximander is aware of the estate and is aware of the strange. So you have an in with him on that one. We're going to start tonight off right where we left off on Luna 1. The two of you, Ozzy and Clover, y'all were following Zach. Zach was kind of getting impatient and decided to just storm out of the room and go looking straight for whatever they need to get the job done. And y'all followed after Zach. You entered into this great corridor where you see the throngs of humanity moving up and down these great corridors, all the different cultures of which you guys are being exposed to for the very first time. In Kaleno City, there is certainly a hint of human culture that has influenced a lot of where Kaleno is today from across uh, the spectrum. But here, it is dramatically pronounced. All of the different human cultures and all of their colors and beauty and all of the, the, the clothing wear, even though everyone is dressed warmly as they are protecting themselves here on Luna 1, you can still see the hints of, of signature colors and garb that are worn by people from across Earth, very much being portrayed and proudly worn as people are moving through the corridors. It is a feast for the eyes for those of you who have been living in the Cretaceous period to see a different snapshot of humankind moving about you also see to probably clover's delight a lot of cybernetics and robotics lots of robots moving around here um really simple elegant design robots but you see them like doing things simple as serving up food and having conversations with people it's very for the lack of better way of describing it very wally -E, of like robots kind of just 
conversing happily with a few of the humans that are sitting down and being like, yeah, I got home late and he got mad at me again, I guess, because he doesn't like me staying out late. And the robot going, oh, I told you. And you can just see this like cylinder head and a single eye moving back and forth like, I told you, as this white cased robot, which, by the way, bears a similar aesthetic to Theta, is just serving up food and like laying out what looks like pancakes in front of everyone, just one at a time. You see all of this happening all at once. Now, as we start, Zach, you've kind of moved ahead of everybody. So you have Clover and you have, oh wait, actually I think where we last left off is they had caught up to you because everyone had kind of stopped at this scenic moment where you're overlooking the entire concourse. This is the main hub of Luna One. Think of this as like, um, think of this as like the, the center of a city, essentially. It's Times Square on Luna One. So you're seeing all of the restaurants, and trading outposts and news broadcasts and hologram projections of like news reports and music playing holographic bands are being played. You see people moving all throughout here. Um, you do see some people have decided to not behave with gravity. And every now and then you'll see someone take a big jump to reach a second level where they grab hold of what looks like these ropes or these like beautiful silk looking glossy lines it's almost like watching people step onto a subway and they just know to grab the handles. You see people leaping like 20 feet into the air and just grabbing a hold of these ropes and swinging on to the next level one by one. And they just click these grab boots back into place and start walking. You also see these strips that are along the ground that actually have these what look like yellow and black arrows running north and south from where you are standing. And each one has the lines written upon it, gravity zone, gravity zone. And all these warning strips, please be aware. Please be aware. And then you hear, of course, remember, when stepping out of a gravity zone, you might be experiencing momentary disorientation as your body and your inner ear realign. Give yourself a moment. And remember, vomiting in a public area requires cleanup immediately. Yeah. I um, uh, Zach is going to look for uh, the most security looking individual <laughs> um <laughs> like somebody with a thick neck <laughs> as it were uh and just kind of tap them on the shoulder um okay you approach um what looks like uh <laughs> there is there's really no other way to describe this but the person you approach is wearing what looks like an articulated mech styled suit very similar to Space Marines from StarCraft. Not quite as bulky, but definitely as tall. You see it also has what looks like a Star Force uh, patch logo. It is like, I should say, it's not a patch. It looks like it has been engraved brilliantly and articulately into one of the metal articulated plate armors, uh, like armored plates on the shoulder. Um, as you approach, you ting, 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 tap this uh, person who is probably stands about two and a half feet taller than you. And is about twice as wide. Um, they don't have any visible weapons. No heavy guns or anything that are visible in their hands. They're just standing there. And when you tap on their tap on them, they're they pivot. Their upper body just goes, Vroom. you can hear like the servos moving in the suit as they turn and look at you. And this mask goes, Vroom. and as it flips open, you see, um, 
a what you suspect is probably a woman in what looks like maybe her mid 40s with uh, a face tattoo running along the side of it and a couple of scars and a big smile. She goes, hey there. Hello. In spite of your regulations and my knowledge of your regulations, I am fully armed. You should probably call the authorities. She stares at you. She says, is that so? Yes. My I have no intentions of doing any harm, but I do need to speak to the authorities quickly. I figured this would be the most prudent way to make that happen. Well, this is new. Yes. Show me what you got. Well, <laughs> this is uh, my solar chainsaw, usually used for hunting. Um, you use a chainsaw uh, for hunting? Yes. And what are you hunting on Luna 1? Oh, this would be a matter best discussed to the, with the authorities. Uh, I also have this bow and arrow. I've made them both myself. Okay, sir, I'm going to ask you a very direct question, and I yes. don't want you to be insulted by this, okay? Mm -hmm. I, I have to ask you this based off the information that you've given me. Yes. Are you high? Have you been doing drugs? Have you been drinking? Oh, you, you are you mean, on hallucinogens? Oh, you mean have I been affected by? Are you of sound mind? Yes, yes. Uh, in, in regards to how high I am, I suppose I'm on the moon, so that's very high. That's a joke, huh. right? But uh, I do need to speak. Holy with shit! That joke's been staring me in the face my entire life. I never once thought of making it. <laughs> that's pretty good. It's. Probably because I'm new here, which I will explain to the authorities when they get here. Well, you're talking to the authorities. Oh, this is good. Uh, I take it that you are aware of the estate then. The state of what? The estate. I think I'm going to need to talk to someone a little bit higher ranked. Clover right. steps Zach, forward. Zach, yeah. where are you? Where are you? Oh my gosh, where's he gone? Oh, oh my goodness, there you are. Oh, we were so worried about you. Have you been bothering this nice person? I'm so, so sorry. He's with you? Uh, yes. Yes, I... He's with us. Uh, he, he got away from us, you know... Okay. We need to speak to an examander. That. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question, ma'am, and I, I just, I'm going to ask you directly. It may be if you're high. That's what they asked me. I'm going to ask you if you're high. <laughs> Are you all high? Have you all been drinking? It's okay to say yes. I've certainly gotten shit-faced. It happens. I've had to do duty while I've been shit-faced. Like, standing here all day. It's a pain in the ass, but sometimes it's got to happen, you know? I forgot to mention drinking? my four daggers. <laughs> puts them next to the chainsaw. Okay, she goes, you know, I listen, I don't know what that is, but I appreciate that you're being so forthcoming. I will absolutely haul you off to jail. Yeah. Great. That's good, right? I yeah. like it, Zach. Please, I, That's what we want. Uh, is jail where the examander would be? Yeah. Uh, I'm starting to realize it was a silly thing asking you if you were high. <laughs> um, tell you what. Why is that? 
Um, let me get back to you. Uh, are you all three together? Do you all want to stay together? Is that what this is? Does anybody I'm, else I'm, have weapons? I'm their designated. Computer? I'm so, so sorry. Okay. I can, I can, I can talk I can to you. Are you the voice of reason here? Yes. <laughs> Zach actually lives. <laughs> well, listen, but this is like... really charming, but this has got to start making sense pretty soon because your friend here did in fact produce weapons. And even though it's cute that he's got a bow and arrow, I need to know why this was manufactured why you're carrying it in the main concourse where weapons are not allowed for everyone's safety and why you want to be thrown in the brig. We actually um, don't want to be thrown in the brig. I'm so sorry. I, I'm interrupting. No, not, not at all. You're, you're great. Do you, are you familiar with LARP? Sure. Is that what this is? Look, it's just... Some people party a little more for that. Are you not? I mean, are you interested? I could get you an event flyer, but it's just, it went a little. You hear the servos whir up because just her moving her arm is loud. It goes, Woo! she raises her hand and she goes, all right, I'm going to stop you right there. We're, we've entered that zone now where my time is starting to get wasted. And she lowers her hand and says, I need to know what the F this is and how you plan on proceeding because your friend has presented weapons and I do have to follow protocol here. So with protocol are we getting busy or what? Because oh. I'm hauling someone to the brig. An axe commander. Final offer. You're trying to sell me an axe commander? No, that's all we want. We want to be brought to an axe commander. I'll tell you what, why don't you come with me also to the brig and I'll see what I can do. Is an axe commander in the brig? Maximander's kind of everywhere, but I mean, oh, most great. citizens of Luna know that. So I'm going to assume you're high and you're going to come with me to the brig. We're not high. We're just not from here. We're just not from. Okay. What yeah. would one even get high on yeah. here? Okay. No, I don't know what the foliage is. There like is. some moon juice or something? You're all coming to the brig with me now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the face mask goes down and you see out of the oh, arm so these two doors open up and you see what looks like a small cannon come out of one arm and some kind of projectile device come out of the other goes and she raises her hand and goes this way please i'll let y'all walk in front of me that is adorable as we're walking looking at the arm door cannons okay so uh, quick question what's going to happen to my weapons will i be able to get those back probably okay my guess is is uh, if you're planning on leaving Luna, they'll probably give them back to you as soon as they, as soon as you depart. Okay, I'll let you sleep it off. Don't worry, I've been arrested at least twice. You are an interesting enforcer of the law. Why? <laughs> thank you. She continues to shuffle you all three <laughs> this way. Just keep walking. Okay. The crowd seeing this huge armored mech styled woman just stomping through the concourse they without even paying a second thought just make room no one seems to it's completely natural people just kind of move around her as she continues walking and as people start get the crowd gets a little thick you see immediately these lights just come up on her shoulders and start blinking and everyone starts moving aside and you hear her say police activity everyone please step aside that's really cool too Thank you. I lean into Zach. I'm just like, you've never done crime before, have you? No. 
Am I bad at it? <laughs> we'll figure something out. You guys are led down a series of corridors, not too far from the main concourse, where you reach what looks like some kind of giant double metal door uh, facility that looks quite secure. As you approach the doors, it looks like five different locking mechanisms go. They slide open. Um, she comes walking in with all three of you. When you guys step into the room, you see these beautiful, large blue flags across the room the space uh the star force logo all over it um has golden uh like tassels dripping off the sides of it um on these beautiful silver uh flagpoles inside you see a lot of holographic projections and other people and armor moving around a couple of officers in uniforms a couple of people in here filing out reports and getting asked questions um and you see what looks like a very large individual at the desk um listening to what you guess is music but judging by the fact that this large man is just kind of bobbing his head back and forth he's got like this earpiece he's wearing this very handsome very snappy blue dark gray uniform as everyone starts approaching he glances up and goes oh my god what kind of day is today what do we got now and the marine steps forward and says yep yep this is a new one just walked right up to me and offered me up all of these and sets your weapons down on the counter and just be careful with those. They're sharp. Um, the head pivots back around and the mask goes up. She goes, he says, be careful with them. They're sharp. And he pulls, the gentleman at the counter pulls the earpiece out and goes, yeah, I heard that. What, uh, <laughs> what, what is this? Is, the, is that a bow and arrow? That's what he told me. Anyway, I've got to hand it off to you. I'm the only one on the concourse in sector three right now. So I got to get back to it. Wait, you're just going to dump these guys on me and head out? She goes, sorry. She turns and says good luck with your larp and just walks past all of you <laughs> steps out uh, to be, to be fair it's not just a bow and arrow it's a trans lumina bow <clears throat> okay this is um okay uh let me just get everyone's names and i'll start processing you guys right away have you heard of theta like the number is there anyone here higher ranked than you? Let me just get your name. I'm just going to take your name. Can I get y'all three's names down? That would be great. You, anyone can start. Whoever wants to speak first. Hi, yeah, I'm Joe. <sighs> Joe? Joe? And you have a surname, Joe? Beller. B-E-L-L-A-R. And citizen number? Uh... <laughs> Three, one, four, one, five, nine. He slowly glances up at you and goes, okay, yeah. citizen number. That is it. Is it not a good one? Uh, we really need to talk to someone higher rank. Presses a button on the console. You just see, it looks like it's a flat Looks like it's a it's part of the countertop, but he reaches over and taps an empty space on the countertop, and the counter countertop suddenly just forms into this holographic display where he taps something. Um, as he taps it, four people dressed in tactical armor approach, and 
you they they don't make any they do not mask their presence as they come stomping up behind all of you and, and he glances over and says break 301 immediately y'all are crowded by these four guys in tactical armor and they say come with us all right looks like we're getting somewhere okay y'all are led out of this main room into a corridor of just very bleak looking sterile hallways of metal you're walking past door after door after door and you start realizing these are labeled after their block numbers you were led to what looks like a section matching the numbers that you heard a moment ago the door is open and the guys the four tactical said in here please okay just gotta go in public defender will be contacted and the door closes Anaximander, are you in here? Your voice echoes off the walls. Hello, hello. A, it looks like it's a 12 by 15 space, large enough for a bunch of people. It's just the three of you. You see a couple of benches in here, as well as what looks like a private area in the back, where you have to imagine is probably the plumbing. <laughs> and aside from that, it is empty. Are there any vents or look like cameras, microphones? Or I'd like to actually do it deep look for something like that. sure okay one-way mirrors anything anything okay yeah okay go ahead and perception yourself around all right perception yeah i don't think i get any help on this but i will i would like to use some effort okay i'll just do one level of effort actually i'll do mm, i'll do two levels of effort since the first one's free. Okay. Uh, oh, what's the difficulty? Uh, the difficulty is three. Okay. So 12 or better? Mm -hmm. Come on. Oh, no, nine or better. Nine or better. Oh, yeah. I got a 10. Whew. You got a 10. Yes. You Favorite do a battery. thorough search around this place. Um, there are air vents, but curiously enough, they're not like vents as we would think of them as like, they don't look like anything you've seen at like a sati bunker. Vents here actually look like small individual, and I mean like small, small uh, holes that are in the wall that are just venting uh, what appears to be fresh air into the room. The other one is cycling air out. They essentially look like air filters. Um, you're guessing once you notice them, they're pretty subtly. <coughs> once you notice them, it looks like there might be about uh, a couple of hundred of them located across around the room. Are they like small holes? Yeah, I would say they're large enough to maybe put like uh, probably about the same size. I'm just looking around at my desk for an example. I would say probably about the same size as a stick of chapstick. About the okay. same same diameter. Okay. Uh, all right. So yeah, no computer Nothing. type of interfacing. Okay. Uh, okay. How do we get to an Eximander from here? Oh, that's such a good question. That's such a good question that a little forethought might have. You've never done a crime, have you, Zach? Back home. Don't do crime while you're doing crime. <laughs> that's like the first rule of breaking rules. When you are trespassing, don't disclose you have weapons. When Back you are thieving, don't go up to the law. What? What? If someone went and said, 
I have weapons when they in a place where they shouldn't have weapons were you gonna be like I will take you to Dr. Molina to talk this through or are you gonna get them as far from Dr. Molina as possible I would take them to a secure location and then bring Dr. Molina or would you bring Piper Piper would most likely have me bring Melina as well. Mm. We're very thorough. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. You bro- it broke my streak. Just streak? Yeah. Four days, 35 weeks, four years, 35 weeks, three days, and, well, I don't know how many hours anymore, because I swap continuities. That's how long it had been since I'd gotten caught. In all fairness, I don't think it counts. You're in a different reality. It counts to me. And we can't say that we're stuck here. Uh, I I would like to try the door. (laughs) So you move over to the door. Mm -hmm. Um, The door is... Actually, I'm going to need you to roll perception. Okay. Because you're going to find the door, but now I want to see how much information you get out of the door. Because you and Clover both are about to start putting two and two together about this place. Um, go ahead and make that roll. The difficulty is three. So you need a nine or better. The okay. Please check. Let me... Uh, I don't have... A single thing that'll help. So suddenly uh, the door see. blows open and Martha steps in with a gun and just says, "I'm getting y'all out of here." <laughs> I got a twelve. Not really, twelve. All right. Um. Dang. All right. So Zach, as you approach the door, you pause for a second to take stock of what you're dealing with. What you notice: the door blends almost seamlessly with the wall. You notice that it has. It looks like it has some kind of line or seam that goes across the left side of where the door is opening. But as you are looking around for where it closes, that becomes less obvious. You see segmentations all throughout the wall, and it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly where the door starts and stops. If you take a few steps back and just glance at the wall, it almost just looks like you are in a room with no entrance or exit. Can I feel for something else here? I'm fe- can I just sure. feel for like what's the weakest part of this structural area? Um, I would say if you have anything with that 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 is tech based, that would help. I have. I don't think that would help. Uh, <laughs> um, flurb. Uh, um, flurb. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> You'll definitely want to use. Uh, okay, uh, uh, this is this is a stretch. Okay, this is a stretch, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it, or I'm gonna try. Uh, I have shut it down, which is uh, no, I I can't even. <laughs> I'm the worst advocate for myself. Uh, <laughs> if you've been made aware of a non biological element in a creature, you can pinpoint place. Uh, where you, uh, where your attack might be able to disable it for one round. I, I can't. I can't. Yeah, that's not going to apply here. Unfortunately. Yeah, I. They're coming for us. We'll be able to rules layer for us as well. <laughs> uh, why don't we do this? I'm going to cut away to set up our other two, 
yeah. and y'all are just going to cool it in this jail cell for a hot minute <laughs> because what is going to slowly become apparent to all of you is that you are in a super science holding cell. <laughs> and what starts to sink in, particularly to Clover, who has an instinct for this stuff, is y'all are securely and completely locked in and down. <laughs> this place is uh, essentially roughly the same tech level as Sati at its height. It's just maybe one tech level shy of Sati at its most advanced. And glancing around the cell, you realize without your equipment, there's really not an obvious way out of this place. And that you're kind of stuck here for the moment. Um, meanwhile, across dimensions, back in Gravac in the Cretaceous era, fighting the humidity and the insects that are buzzing through the air, as you were all trouncing through the high grass and moving towards Kaleno City. Um, Kaleno is the place you were all having to get to in order to access the ferries across the Toratix run. This is somewhat nerve-wracking. Not necessarily for Dahlia. Dahlia... Dahlia migrated. Dahlia just uh, took off. Mm, Joe, maybe not so much. Joe, not so much of an authorization involved. Uh, might be on a wanted poster somewhere as um the as the two of you are approaching. Kaleno City is quite the sight to behold as you were all approaching. This is the second campaign of predation, and we are finally reaching the center of the entire campaign setting. <laughs> um, Kaleno City is surrounded by a wall of tech and dinosaur bones. It towers high, high up overhead. And you can see coming through the gates, which are now open, just columns of trade caravans, all using different types of dinosaurs, mostly sauropods that are coming and going as you are all uh, approaching the gates. Um, Is um, mm -hmm. our... Our silverback friend, did they come this far with us? No, as you, I was about to say, as you are all getting closer and closer, um, he starts slowing down and kneeling low in the high grass. And if as you start- If this is uncomfortable for you, you don't have to go much further. We do appreciate everything you've done so far. He does indeed look like he looks back over his shoulder. You guys have successfully reached Kaleno, but it looks like he's looking at turning back at this point. He glances at the both of you, lingers on you for a moment, Dahlia, as he takes one sliding foot step back. Um, she stepped, Dahlia steps forward and kind of like lowers her head to like kind of see if he would like touch foreheads with her. And she kind of like gives him the like, it's okay, like you can go. He moves forward and places his face against the side of yours for a moment. Yeah. And then takes a step back and bolts. Take care. And when I say bolt, the red wrench it. is a little bit rusty. So watch it when you, okay, he's gone. He, he clears the distance between when a normal person could hear them. Like he, when I say bolt, he runs about as fast as a raptor. Mm -hmm. So you watch the grass part as he tears silently back towards the clearings in which you all came from. Uh, when you approach the gates of the city, you see there are sati guards out here and they are wearing 
the predation version of Satine mech armor, which they do have here. It's aged. It's very Fallout 4-ish in, in that it's aged. It's armor that's been reused, reused, and reused, and reused again. It's been maintenance constantly to keep up. It's armor that's well over 100 years old. It's been updated and maintenance again and again. But it's old Satie tech, which means it ain't going to expire so long as it's maintenance. However, the years are showing on the, these pieces of armor. They look a little more slim, not quite as bulky in Space Marine. They are a lot more slim, more Iron Man style suits. And they are all of two single colors of whites and yellows with the Satie logo of that sort of crescent shell that is located on the upper left breast of the, uh, the armor itself. They have these glossy mirror-like mask finishes in front of them, and they are holding very visible large plasma rifles. However, they're not in any kind of uh, guard position. The plasma rifles are pointed straight down and their hands are not on them, and they're just nodding to people as they come into the city. These two... These two guarding the front gates are more than enough to deal with anybody or any dinosaur that's rowdy here. You guys know that much because y'all are citizens of Sati. Yeah. This is a trip that Joe has made from the cabin to here. Is yeah. A trip Joe has made before. So like if, yeah. she, if she knows that these guys are just like chilling, then she has no stress. If they're like checking who's coming in, then maybe we have a different situation. But if this is just like a, you can just kind of like move in, like move through. Mm -hmm. Okay. Easy enough situation. Um, however, <laughs> I'm going to do this because I have, I have been dying to do this. I didn't think this was ever going to happen. But we finally, finally got to... Um, we finally got to um, Kaleno City. So when you enter the gates... I'm almost sad that Sam isn't here for this. Um, but oh, when yeah. you get to the gates... They can hear. <laughs> entering into the gates, you see the great expanse of Kaleno City open up in front of you. It's multi-tiered. It's not just a big village that looks like Silver Creek. In fact, there are buildings that tower six to eight stories overhead. Many of them are old Sati sites and research towers and facilities that were built in the built as soon as it was constructed. But other parts of the city are newer and have that more Silver Creek look to them, constructed out of natural materials and synthetic materials that kind of create housing as the population has exploded in the past 90-something years. You see all pterodactyls flying through the sky, carrying people's belongings. You see, it's basically like the mail service here. You see an entire society where the Cretaceous era life forms are interacted seamlessly with humanity. An entire civilization. But what you also see, which you haven't seen since you were for, for months and months, is the local resident that constantly hangs out around the, the southern gates, or I'm sorry, the eastern gate. No, sorry, the western gate of Kaleno City. And that is Sue the T-Rex 2. I'm going to read this for you. Yeah. This is right out of the core book. About 15 years ago, a young T-Rex showed up at, the, at Kaleno's gates. Standing just a few feet high, the creature was clearly hurt, limping and whimpering in pain, missing an eye and covered in gashes. The city rallied around the creature which seemed grateful for the medical assistance and the attention and the food. They dubbed her Sue, the T-Rex 2, after one of the most complete T-Rex fossils ever found. Follow her on Twitter. It's fantastic. <laughs> As the healed T-Rex grew, Sue captured the hearts of the citizens, and she remains the city mascot to this day. Unusually small for a T-Rex, Sue only stands about six feet tall, but she's still nearly 30 feet long. Sue mostly hangs around the outside of the bone-built wall, welcoming visitors and cooing for food and allowing children to ride on her tail while she slowly, carefully walks around in circles. 
you see Sue welcoming all of the greeters as everyone is moving into the city gates. You see this six foot T-Rex that has become very accustomed to the presence of humans and indeed is just cooing. You see, still has a little bit of her feathering from her hatchling days as she's moving about, just going, can hear this low barret. She'll lose that as she grows older. She still has that low kind of cooing purr as she moves about. Um, there's enough activity in the gates that no one has noticed either one of you. What would you both like to do? Head straight in, I guess, unless Dahlia has anything yeah. else you'd like to do before Essentially, we go. Is the destination going straight for the fairies, or are you planning on doing anything else? Nope, trying to slip straight. in undetected. Okay. Yep. As we move you... past as we move past Sue, Joe's oh. like, I Sue, I never have food. You know this. I never have stop asking. I never have food. I never have anything for you. Like just like the entire time, like taking like side steps away as she kind of like <laughs> Sue's like asking, asking for treats and stuff. She's like, no, no, no. She yeah, it's a six, like this. Mm -mm. A six-foot theropod that's begging you for food. And it and this T-Rex continues to follow you and just oh. kind of like like if you've ever been if you've ever been out on a farm and a horse thinks you've got food. Yeah. And they don't believe you when you tell them no. Mm -hmm. And so they keep going. Mm -hmm. And their large head nearly knocks you over every mm -hmm. single time they come to inspect to see. If oh, I've been bullied by a horse. Oh, I know too. how this works. Horses, donkeys, they they are they're like, no, nah, you're fucking lying to me. You've got something on you. No, nah, you got something on Just you. Just like Joe, the scrawny little scientist, like taking like like wide steps away as like Sue always like puts her head in her business. Like, no, no, yeah. no. No. Sue, of course, no. has this no. habit of constantly swinging her head left mm -hmm. and right to, because yeah. she only has one eye and she's using the mm -hmm. other one as much as she can to, to like check in. So if you're on her left side, she'll stop and literally dance in front of you. She'll swing to the right and look at you and then swing back and start like cooing again. Uh, this ritual persists until she finally mm -hmm. gives up on you, Joe, and yep. moves on to the next person behind you who does I have food like and so is much. delighted to feed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's still terrifying to watch Sue feed. She is still a six foot T-Rex weighing in a 30 oh, yeah. feet long. This is a 600 pound dinosaur that is easily just enjoying the hell out of itself. Mm -hmm. But the two of you move past. Um, it, it is something of a homecoming for the two of you. And Dahlia, for you in particular, you've been living out on the frontier for the past month and a half of your life. Step back into the old metropolis of Kaleno City. And to see the statues, the commerce, the, the music, hearing the outdoor patio like cafes, uh, seeing people in sati uniforms walking by, um, people having debates. Also, you see a few of the religious fanatics around here holding up their books, um, the Genesis cult, um, who are trying to constantly convince everyone around them that the Garden of Eden is here and they've been sent back in time to find it. They're all just kind of the entire spread of Kaleno City out in front of you, the just absolute noise. Whether you miss it or not, that's for you to decide, but it's all coming back to you. The sights, the any, smells, the sounds. Any new fashion trends? Not in the past month, no, not really. Mm -hmm. Same old just Kaleno. Checking. Just checking. Same mm -hmm. old Kaleno, yeah. But there are plenty of places here where you can buy uh, spider weave silk uh, clothing. Synth wave, synth weave, I should say. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff you could buy here that would be super useful for Silver Creek, but again, you've only got enough noddles to buy yourself passage. Yeah. All right, in which oh. case, you guys push your way through the center of the crush of the city, making your way past the 
the columns of trade that are coming in here through the chalk road. I mean, the first thing that hits you, of course, is the overwhelming smell of dinosaurs in close proximity, which if you've if if you're like me and you're from Texas and you've been to cattle markets or whatever, it's essentially you smell dinosaur droppings in in the the tonnage because of the size of the animals moving through here. Moving past that unfortunate spot, you're moving towards the center of the city. One of the things that always draws your eye every time the two of you pass through Kaleno City is the crater. It's always noticeable every time you guys move through here. There is a large crater. And it's simply called Crater on the city map. It is where the gate used to stand during the howling. Literally the portal of time travel where it once stood. That Crater is what's left of it. No one builds there. No one's been permitted to hang out there. No one is allowed anywhere near that. The place typically hosts a lot of unstable time anomalies constantly cropping up. And moving into the city, Dahlia, it kind of wreaks havoc a little bit on your senses. You can kind of feel the presence of that. But after moving through a couple of city blocks, you find your way to the gold docks where what you were looking for is waiting for you. You see what looks like a large sign holographically displayed across this beautiful lacquered wood finished uh, plaque that is just hovering up in the air. You see a large fleet of ships coming and going. Some of them look quite advanced. And some of them look like rafts and people pushing themselves through the water. But the one you are looking for in particular is the Silverix Edge Ferry Company. You approach, you find there's a couple of boats in dock, a few people milling about, and somebody having a negotiation with a woman who you instantly recognize, Dahlia, as Nina. She is one of the co-owners of the Silverix Run. Her and her ex-husband... Technically, they're not divorced, but her and her husband, uh, who she is separated from, Draken, own this company. You have met them a few times. They are something of like local heroes, and they have a bit of a tragic backstory. They are the ones that are uh, managing this entire place. You can use your connection with her since you and Joe both have Kaleno City baked into your backgrounds. Any social engagement, feel free to try to pop that. But as you approach, she is in a heated conversation with a gentleman who, oh, you know what? This guy that she's in a conversation with, I want you to roll me an intellect check, Dahlia. Um, oh, boy. Difficulty of this is four. I believe you have a free level of effort, so you'll be able to knock that right away. Yep. So does that knock it down to a three using mm -hmm. effort? Mm -hmm. Sure does. And then if you have any skills or anything. I have a lot of skills. <laughs> Very skilled. In this particular area. I'm gonna use slick. Well, this is to remember this is this is not a, a social role. This is literally Oh, just, okay. Just an intellect. This, yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't have anything for that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I got an eleven. An eleven. Okay. Eleven. Um so yeah, you he is familiar. And it triggers this feeling of like, where the hell have I seen this guy before? But you're certain you've never met this man. But for some reason, he seems familiar to you. You can't quite place it. And he's in the middle of having a conversation. He looks like he's probably in his early 40s. Um, 
he looks like he's seen better days. He has what looks like an old weathered worn tunic that has that sleeves have been long since cut off and it's wrapped tightly around his body, leather leggings, leather boots. He looks like he is definitely road traveled. Um, scraggly beard. It's probably needed as a trim sun, like his face. Clearly he has spent most of his life out in the sun. His face is like this dark uh, color of bark, nice, like weathering all over his eyes, um, shaggy, dark brown hair. And he is having an intense conversation that sounds like he's begging for a ride. Please, I, I don't need much. I just, uh, you could just take me as far as you want. How, how, how far will this get me? And he pulls out a small, what looks like a handful of noddles and a bunch of these shells look like they're broken. And she shakes her head. And she goes, you know, I can't take those if they're broken. I need real noddles. They need to be intact or I need something equivalent. I can't take you. And he says, how far will 20 get me? She goes, I can take you just outside Kaleno. He says, okay, sure. Yeah, that'll work. That's fine. Where, whichever direction, I don't care. She goes, okay. Takes it. Says, do you want your name written down? He goes, no, no, I'm good. And he walks past her and heads towards one of the boats. She just says, sure. I'm sure I'm not going to regret that. Hi. Can I help you? Dahlia, is that your name? Yes. I remember you. Good. You were here just a month ago. Didn't I didn't I have you dropped off somewhere far up north? Yeah. Yeah, about that. I came back here to pick up some supplies and a friend and we got to go back over there. Uh okay. All right. So that's that's difficult. Remind me where it is you're headed. Silver Creek. And that's... To the Draco split. Oh, Jesus Christ. The Draco split. Okay. Um, listen. Listen. That's, that is way off the beaten path. I, I, I mean, I, I could... If you want to hire a boat for that, that's a commission trip. It's not a ferry. So you're going to have but to buy it. was a ferry gonna... last time. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> what happened? That... that wasn't supposed to happen. Why? Because there's nothing up north past. We don't go to the Draco split. It's not safe. So if if you're trying to. Go up that north. We could probably take you about maybe half the distance. Unless you've got some serious noddles to you, I can't take you that far north. That's just... What happened to your sense of, like, adventure? I'm not one taking you. <laughs> I'm staying here. Are you kidding? I'm just managing the business. Come on, Nina. If you're the one managing the business, then get us all the way to Sil Lake, Silver Creek. I'll do How it on two conditions. I'm going to give you a price and I've got to get consent from the, my boat captain. Because if she doesn't want to take you that far north, I'm not going to make her. I look at Joe for reassurance. That seems reasonable. All right. Caddy, you want to come in for a second? Did you get her? And points to one of the deckhands and he bounces off over to one of the boats. Um, you see an older woman, um, dark brown skin, jet black hair tied back into multiple buns, looks up from the side of the boat. She goes, do you need me? She says, yeah, come here for a second. I got something for you. 
Caddy comes over, stops. She's rubbing her hands and says, what's up? What's going on? Says, well, I got two people here that want to go a little far up north. And uh, they say they got some noddles for it, but I don't know how much just yet. But before I even started negotiating, I wanted to know, are you willing to make that run? Caddy shrugs and says, sure, if the money's good. And if I get good commission, pay for it. Says, yeah, if you want to do this, I'll give you a, I'll give you a 60 split. How's that sound? Sounds fair. Turns back and how much you guys got on you? How much can you offer for this? How much did our ox point get us? Yeah, well, since you spent ox points, <laughs> we can just say that you kind of, the two of you, pull out your sack of noddles. We're digging in our bag. Yeah. <laughs> um, she exhales. Oh, I have one more here. And there we go. She exhales and goes, starts counting them up and goes. And looks over at Caddy. Up to you. Caddy looks at the two of you and says, how far north are you going? Draco split. The fuck is up that far north? Some place called Where Silver Creek. Is it a settlement? She shrugs. <laughs> Quite nice. Do y'all have any weapons on you? Oh, pulls out the taser. I oh, take out my know. energy pistol. Okay, that's better. <laughs> All right. Um, turns and looks back over at the, the, the owner, and you just see her take a moment and stare at Nina and just say, can I arm myself? She goes, yeah, if you want to take the rifle, you can take the rifle. All right. Let's do this. We're leaving um, now if we're going to do this. Question. How much would it be to have this gentleman join us? You want him to join you? Glances over. You see the guy sitting. Looks like he's sitting on the edge of the dock and he's waiting for a boat that just hasn't arrived yet. And he's just kind of rocking back and forth. And Seems like he was pretty desperate to get out of here. Nina leans back and goes, why the fuck do you want to take him? Why not? More people on a boat just in case something happens to us. I mean, he did say as far as he could go, and we are going significantly far. She glances over again at Caddy. Caddy, Caddy shrugs and says, I mean, it's a dangerous go. If he's wanting to work his way, I'm okay with it. Hey, the guy perks up, says, we can get you as far. I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. We can get you as far as the Draco split if you're willing to be a deckhand. He stands up and goes, yeah, yeah, no, that sounds great. That sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Ragtag bunch. Hey, listen, don't sink my boat. Caddy smiles, takes a rifle, slides a cartridge into the side of it. Looks like a pretty high-tech rifle. She slides what looks like a clip and she goes, all right, let's go. Um, I'm going to walk over to the gentleman and be like, what, what was your name? Uh, <laughs> he, make me an intellect check. 15. All right. I'm actually not giving you the target number on this. I'm, I'm having you roll kind of quietly. Uh, one, so 15 is pretty good. Um, 
Okay. He stares at you for a moment, and for a split second, Dahlia, you think he might recognize you too? He he might might be having a moment where he thinks he knows who you are, but like you can't place it. And just goes, uh uh. Sorry, what did you ask me? Your name? Uh, Brommer. 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 Yeah, it, what's, right. your, what's your name? Dahlia. Okay. Listen, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you're responsible, but thank you. I'm, I've been trying to get out of the city for days. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no, I, I saw you needed help, so figured we can use extra set of hands here. Sure, yeah. No, anything I can do to help, for, for sure. I just, I can't knock the feeling. You, you you look very familiar to me. Oh, well, uh, I mean, I, I've lived in Kaleno off and on throughout the years. Maybe saw me at a cafe or something. Mm, maybe. I don't know. You, you seem a little familiar to me, too, and I can't place it. I don't know why. But, uh, mm -hmm. hey, that just means we're traveling with a familiar face, and that's not a bad thing. I guess not. <laughs> So. This is Joe, by the way. Hi, Romer. Nice to meet you. Hi, you're unfamiliar to me, so. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't recognize you either. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you both seem nice. Thanks for, for stepping up for me. That was really charitable. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Well, you wanted to go far, and we're going, I believe, as far as there possibly would take someone. So it made sense. Draco Split. Yeah, what's, uh, what's up near Draco Split? If you don't mind my asking, as he steps onto the boat. A new home. Oh, okay. You ever been to the Draco split before? Mm -hmm. Wow. Good for y'all. We're world traveled. That's, that's great. Yeah. More, more than you can say. Hmm. Uh, what, what do you need me to do? He turns and looks at Caddy and she goes, just, just follow my orders. If you're going to operate as a deckhand, I'm captain. You do everything I fucking say. Understand? I'll toss you overboard. She goes, he just raises his hand and goes, yeah, yeah, no, that makes, that's fair. That's fair. She immediately starts pulling the line off the dock. Joe turns to um, Dahlia and goes, do you recognize him of like a, like a Dahlia thing or like a ran into him in a cafe thing? I don't know. It just, it's a weird familiar sense. I don't know. I'll have to figure it out. We have a whole boat ride. We have a whole boat we ride. Have a, we have a whole boat ride, which also I think we should either in a Dahlia way or a Joe way or something, see if we can figure out how to maybe make it faster we got some cataclysmic world ending things to beat so we'll talk we'll chat we'll think yeah um, yeah just start snooping just start snooping about like what's in the boat while everything gets set up um the boat pushes off you hear some commands being shouted as this caddy person's captain caddy begins to like make her way do her rounds across the boat the boat is essentially about it's 40 feet long and about wide enough where if you lay down head to toe, two people across kind of deal. Um, looks like it's it's just large enough for travel. Up Does and the boat down. have a name? Nope, doesn't look like it. Oh. Um, it just has the name and logo, the Silver X Edge Company. Um, couple of what looks like a pile of rations and packs in the back, as well as bed rolls that have been laid out. Um, you hear Caddy kind of barking off what to expect, saying things that sound very much like. You've just 
<laughs> like you're getting instructions on the jungle cruise where she's just like no hands overboard the water is in fact filled with plesiosaur they will bite they will drag you under you will disappear no one will rescue you um as cute as they look they have do not touch them let them do their thing um there are insects on this run the water is salt please do not drink it and like going along like all of these things to do's and don'ts as the boat begins to pull away your brief stay in Kaleno City, you begin to see Kaleno start to become more and more distant as you all head out. This sort of jet motor that doesn't use any spinning blades actually starts to jet water out the back. It just goes, it's quite, it's quiet, which is what you want if you are traveling on the river at night. And it just, and you guys begin to speed off. And as you do, Dahlia, you can't help but glancing up at this guy again and again. Yeah, I think as I glance, I'm going to kind of put myself in a little bit of a meditation trance situation, and I'm going to okay. use premonition to try to learn one random fact about this person. Okay. Um, that's spinning a point? Yep. Two intellect points, actually. You saw him murder Edward. his best friend at the Sati site 000E before he ripped the hard drive out of the computer console unit and fled. Well, shit. <laughs> with you instantly this guy killed his you saw him in the vision when you guys were there to look for that missing hard drive oh that's why he is familiar you've never <laughs> met him and he is oblivious oh, no. he looks he looks like he has nothing to his name at this point he's got a small pack on his back which your brain immediately can't help but think as it all starts to click as the chills race up your spine that there might be a hard drive in that pack. It's the only thing he's carrying with him as he is uh, taking what looks like rope and whatnot and just kind of setting it onto the deck and taking orders from Caddy. I back away <laughs> real quick and like kind of beeline to Joe. Okay. Joe's looking at the motors. Um, yeah, you're looking at the motors and uh, you see Dahlia kind of step back. It, it's very similar to Brody in that moment on Jaws before he says we need a bigger boat where he just kind of steps a couple of the steps back and then slowly looks over at you. We have a bigger hard drive. <laughs> We're on a boat. Yeah, about that. Um... Mm -hmm. Oh, you got the, it's a uh-huh. It's a doubt it's a dolly thing? Yeah. Okay. Good? Yeah. Bad? Huh. Okay. Well, complicated? complicated? Okay. Complicated. Okay. Um we can deal with complicated, probably. Good with murder, good with stealing. You personally or him? Him. Okay. Good at stealing, bad at murder. Okay. That's probably yeah. good. Great. I think um, I feel like being good at Okay, yes, no. Um so remember when I why? was at the at the Sati compound just before mm -hmm. we, we met my my other self, my higher self. Mm -hmm. I had a vision where there were two scientist looking folk fighting over a rather large hard drive. And remember when I said one of them stabbed the other or killed the other for the hard drive Wait. and stole the hard drive? Do we have a ghost or a killer? I'm not equipped for this. What do we do? 
Any nothing? Do we do nothing? I got this. I got this. I got this. I know what to do. Because I think, because remember he said he recognized me, right? Yeah. Was he being facetious or kind in a social encounter? Sometimes Ozzy does that when they no. want to make someone else feel comfortable in, 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 in a social engagement. No, I think he's encountered another version of me. Oh, you think he knows Theta? I think so. <laughs> okay. Man, I, I guess don't... we could use that to our advantage, maybe, somehow? We'll see. Okay. I don't know, I'm gonna go talk to him. I'm gonna go talk to him. Let's see what happens. Okay, is this a tell the truth or a withhold situation? Ozzy's not here to tell me, so. Withhold. Withholding, okay. Yeah, definitely okay. withhold. Just this piece of information or or the nature of where we're, I'll just, I'll just, I'll make sure I run answers through you. We'll see what? how that goes. What does Ozzy usually say in this kind of situation? Uh, they have a plan, usually. And um, I I sometimes don't recognize that until we're in it and I've uh, already told someone my full name, which I've been told I should stop doing. Yeah. So in this instance, no full name. Just, just you know, just just the first name is fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna try to make the boat go faster and, and hope that Caddy doesn't kill me. Um, good luck with the killer. Thank you. The actual one. Okay. Have fun with that. Oh, okay. And Dolly just kind of like Homer Simpson's out and like <laughs> these two being the okay. exact opposite like I, <laughs> ways I, of dealing with anything. I, I just I had this flashback moment of like I'll talk to him. I know exactly what to do. And I immediately pictured Ray and Ghostbusters like I know exactly what to do. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> Get her. All right. So um, we're gonna cut back to as you go back to approach this guy. Um, back to Luna One. It has been three days for three days you've been fed you've shouted at guards and you've been waiting it has been a maddening quiet waiting period the only thing that has really been kind of interesting has been at night when the night cycle begins on luna one a holographic image of the night sky is portrayed and music, soothing music is played for all prisoners <laughs> to help keep everyone somewhat calm during their stays here. But as day three stretches in, the morning of when you're expecting food to arrive and tensions are beginning to run a little high as the three of you are starting to feel the frustrations of not being able to move or do anything when you're here in a very time-sensitive manner, the door opens. And stepping in is a young androgynous human with bleached white hair and clear cybernetics that are seamlessly blending onto the left side of their face, forming in this beautiful silver glossy uh, exterior that looks like liquid metal skin, the way it moves um, as they step into the room. It has the eye itself, however, is also brilliantly exaggerated in color, vibrant green colors popping, uh, much like the green screen does for my eyes in this thing. But like as it pops, um, wearing this futuristic looking, well-formed fitting black suit with a white collar 
just kind of brimming on the side and holding what looks like a digital display pad that is hovering above their palm. They step into the room and offer a sympathetic smile to everyone and says, Hi. Sorry, I know I'm a bit late. I'm looking for... Who here referenced the word the estate? That would be me. Yeah, I mean, I did it. Oh, oh we, we all did it. Yeah. I, I should stop leading things. I've, I've, I've got a stick here for three days. I apologize. Yes. I understand. One second, please. Noted. If you three would please follow me. Oh god, yes. Okay. <laughs> Get up really quickly. First of all, I just want to apologize on behalf of Xmander. Uh, my name is Tamri and I'm Assistant 27. And I'm going to be helping you um, to the Central Tower. Um, has everyone had breakfast? Are you good nutritionally speaking? Have oh. not had breakfast. I understand. Um, we'll have food ready for you when you get to the tower to speak to an Xmander. He's requested your presence personally. Please follow me. <gasps> Finally! I would like my weapons if, if that is at all possible. It will be possible to retrieve your weapons. Um, not immediately, however. And I'll explain along the way. Okay. The two of you make your way through the station. There's somebody else at the front desk as you guys walk right past Starforce and start heading towards uh, the main concourse once again. Um, as you make your way through the main concourse, you find yourself approaching an elevator that looks like it is segmented away from the rest of the uh, elevators. It's away from the spaceport. But uh, aside from the market domes, what really catches your attention is this great white tech-looking tower that stretches up towards the heavens. It kind of resembles the ivory tower from the never-ending story a little bit. It just looks like a solid white silvery tower that just stretches straight up impossibly high, about 2,000 feet or 600 meters, straight up into the stars. Um, and you see this area is segmented off, and this person, uh, Tamarian, she just leaves you right through. And they are constantly talking, giving you guys updates about what things are, how the, the goings on here at Luna One, and says, um, as you know, there's been a lot of traffic through here. And of course, the political situation out on Venus right now is becoming a little more intense, as well as a few of the, um, well, actually, I have a note here. Um, and if you don't mind, I was going to ask you, um, I've been given a note that you uh, might not be from Luna One, is that correct? Yeah. That's that fascinating. Are you from one of the other colonies? I have parents that live out on Mars. <laughs> We're from a place like that. Say no more. I understand. They lead you into an elevator. <laughs> it steps in. You see an automated uh, holographic projection of what looks like a very... A base outline of a human being that says floor please and assistant seven, uh, 27 says uh, an ex-commander's office <sighs> and the elevator the lift immediately goes <laughs> they stand there quietly and then just a first moment says, I remember the first time I ever took the elevator up to see an ex-commander it's quite quite the view still gets me sometimes 
never really loses its magic. I think it's just hard to enjoy with the way things are at the moment. Um, your weapons. Yes. Those are technically technically under the authority of Starforce, who works alongside an Examander. Um, it's very difficult to explain, but um, it's sort of a jurisdiction thing that's still being worked out. An Examander will explain this all to you. <clears throat> he didn't give me specifics, but he did say that you wouldn't know any of this. So um, if you have any questions that I can answer before you, we reach the office. And as soon as they say that, all of a sudden you guys leave the interior of the elevator shaft and you're now overlooking Luna. <laughs> it's like the view just suddenly switches and you see the expansive horizon of the moon glowing like silver. You see the city down below you, thousands of ships and blinking lights in the air. You see a couple of the great frigates and battleships moving through the silently just gliding through the stars in front of you. The earth, that dark ominous globe in the distance as you guys continue to gain more and more altitude. Why were you late? Unfortunately, that's another incident with jurisdiction. Technically, Star Force is the police force, but Star Force was never meant to be the police force. Star Force was meant to be the military. So an Examander is doing what he can to establish a local law enforcement policy here in Luna One, which to be fair, Star Force is eager for that to take into effect. They are stretched to the limits right now with what they're capable of doing. And the Admiral certainly doesn't want to be the police force for the colonies. But it's proving to be difficult. Very difficult. Um, sorry, I didn't answer your question. Um, I couldn't simply walk in there and, and find out that you were there. I didn't actually have any... An examiner will probably be able to explain this best. So are you our, uh, what was it called, our public defender? Oh, no. I'm, uh, I'm number 27. I'm one of an examiner's assistants. Are we, like, gonna be charged for things by Star Force? Uh, an examiner has you all listed as VIP. You're going to be dealing with him directly. So, as far as I know... Um, you've been given full pardons. Yeah. Nice. What can you tell me about Theta? You see their face suddenly shift like you've brought up something painful. There and it is. They, they just go. What do you know about Theta? What do you know about Theta? Um, I'm sorry, this is kind of above my pay grade. I really shouldn't be talking about this. An ex-commander will be able to better explain, right? Yeah. And they look towards the window, away from the rest of you. Could I vibe check? Go ahead. Let's say difficulty three. All right, difficulty three vibe. Um, I knock that down to a difficulty two vibe. Okay, you six or better. Um, as a free level of effort, um, yeah. That's oh, a 17 to vibe. Uh, they look terrified. Like you Personally? Brought up, 
like you brought up like like something was brought up that they had an experience with mm. they look frightened like that was something that they had put behind them and you brought it up <laughs> and it took them a little by surprise and they're trying to currently looks like they're trying to get back their their chill without you seeing it but it's proving to be a bit much okay okay and you hear the uh, the lift begin to alert you that you're arriving Ding. tranquility tower level 10 <laughs> door opens and you see what looks like a great conference room no chairs just a long white glossy table the windows up here are housed. Um, it looks like the ceiling is vaulted about almost 100 feet straight up, where you see a holographic projection of the entire solar system moving in real time. You see windows on both sides that glance out into space. And at the very end of the table, you see dressed in a very similar suit as your assistant friend here is a humanoid figure that stands roughly nine feet tall and is looks like they are shimmering like a holographic projection the one thing that is curiously stands out about them is their face it's not a face at all you look like you're looking into a window of a snapshot from a deep space telescope their face just looks like swirling nebula and galaxies it's been tightly compacted into a highly contrasted easy visible humanoid head-like form And as you step in the room, they raise their hand and say, welcome to Tranquility Tower, my friends, from the estate. 27, if you would, please, we're going to take this conversation in private. They nod and say, of course. And they step back into the elevator and offer a weak smile to all three of you before they quickly... <laughs> Next, Amander walks up to everyone with arms folded behind his back and glances down at everybody and says, welcome to Tranquility Tower. It's been a while since the estate has sent any agents here. I'm guessing this has something to do with Theta. I aim to destroy Theta and I could use any assistance that you might be able to provide. I'm saddened. But I agree. I only wish that the estate had sent agents sooner. This would have been prevented had my requests not gone ignored. Well, you know, uh, upstairs, right? Well, I guess you are upstairs for here. Uh, we were told you could brief us on Theta. I'll give you as much information as I can. A27 mentioned that you have not had any sustenance today. Please allow me. And he motions to the table and synthetically generated meals like replicators just come to the surface of the table where you see full plates of proteins and vegetables, all of this immediately steaming as it appears and says, please have a seat and I shall inform you of everything I know. And then together we can explore how it is we can stop Theta from destroying this recursion and yours, Earth, if you wish to call it so. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, gotta start 
digging in on the food. <laughs> like sit down. Um, that's actually a good spot because it's seven thirty. So why don't we go ahead and take um our ten minute break? We're gonna lose Lisa right when we met at NX Commander, but um we'll have you back next week. Um, thank you so much for playing with us tonight, Lisa, and go have fun and stuff. Um, we will see you guys in about ten minutes. Don't go anywhere for part two. Now, a quick message during the break. To help us continue producing shows like this, consider supporting Althaven on Ko-Fi. Your contributions keep the Haven alive. And if you're not already part of our vibrant community, join us on Discord. It's the best way to stay updated on upcoming shows and events. Welcome back to Legacy of Silver Creek, everyone. We're going to jump right back into our game. Um, where we last left off, y'all are sitting at the very top of Tranquility Tower, which is the structure at the center of Luna 1, standing about 2,000 feet over the surface of the moon, where currently you are all watching all sorts of shipping, exports, imports coming and going through all of the ships that are coming and going. You see this fantastic uh, vista view of the surface as well as the distant uh, Earth, that horrible dark swirling cloud of chaos. And then an Exmander has currently just served you all food and has giving you all time to eat before starting to assault you with questions. Um, everyone has managed to sit down and you are actually enjoying what is your first taste of real good food in quite some time. Now, I'm not smashing. I'm not in any way trying to um, belittle the cooks of Silver Creek or any of the food that gets made there. But certainly gourmet meals like this are not served at the settlement of Silver Creek. You're all enjoying what might be one of the best meals you've ever had. And an Examander with steepled hands uh, stands very patiently at the head of the table and says, I don't want to rush anyone and I don't want to ruin your meals. But if you do have any questions for me as you enjoy your food, do ask and then we can get straight into business. Mm, yeah, totally. So so you're going to tell us, oh, this is so what, <clears throat> what's Theta's deal anyway? Ah, straight into business then. I understand. Theta's a very time-sensitive subject, unfortunately. Theta's deal. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if, if there are some niceties, like, if, if you want to talk about you, I'm really, I'm, I'm really curious. It's just, we were in there for like three days, and... Yes, I apologize for that. Unfortunately, Star Force is enforcing the law here on Luna 1, and that is something that I am and they are looking to change. But until then, I don't have full access to their systems the way I do with everything else here at Luna 1. Your conversation was flagged once the, your records were processed and finally reached me, which happens after a three-day period every time someone is arrested here on Luna 1. When I saw your reference of the estate, I immediately flagged it and had you removed from the imprisonment as quickly as i possibly could oh my god you gotta try the orange the orange things he oh, got okay okay how do you kill an ai destroying theta is very complicated but we do have the means to do it i had hoped it wouldn't come to that i do feel a sense of responsibility since i created her oh that <laughs> that seems uh you need some. You need some of this. This is good. Uh, that that seems like a good place to start. I created Theta to help me manage Luna One and the rest of the Rebel. As I'm sure your 
briefing files have updated everyone at the estate who is working on this particular case file. The Revel is in a state of, we'll say, political upheaval. Being severed from Earth like this has caused mass starvations, political uprising, warlords, violence, unrest. There are questions as to who the leadership is and who the leadership is not. Right now, Starforce and I are holding everything together, but there are others out there that are vying for power. Not to mention the extrasolar colonies that still need supplies to be shipped to them. This was all proving to be even too much for me to manage. While I can be just about everywhere at once, as I am right now, the unfortunate truth is, is that only works for Luna. I have been attempting to hire agents to explore the exteriors of Luna and to put my presence out there and enforce law across the Revel where things have become unruly and people have been crying out for help. But I'm taxed to my limits. You can guess what happened next. I created Theta. But I could not bring myself to create an entirely new life form without giving her full agency and decision-making over what she wished to do. She was created for a specific task, and then it was a long process of trying to ask her to help me. That felt right. And I have no regrets. But Ada turned out to be very different from me in the end. Kids often are. I've tried to reach out to her many a time to see if we could patch things up, but unfortunately, she refuses to abandon her ambitions. Theta is one of the few people here in the Revel that is aware of the Strange and aware of the Planetivores. She seems to have some kind of design on an ascension to become even greater than I. And I think that's what this all comes down to. In the end, I was trying to create somebody that would help me serve the people of the Revel. But instead, what I did was create an AI that reviles the idea of service to anyone but herself. And while I can understand a certain degree of selfishness, for I myself often wish that I could leave Luna and see the stars, I can't bring myself to comprehend causing physical harm to anyone. It troubles me. This comes so easily to her, and it troubles me that somehow I am the source of it. I think, <clears throat> oh, I think you're missing a uh, part of the puzzle. If you're going to take care of a place, destruction is necessary. Sometimes you have to burn the forest. You gotta. Theta's gone and created a clone. A good friend of mine, we've discovered, is a clone of Theta that is quickened. Once I kill Theta, that won't harm. Can you help me make it so that my friend won't be harmed? I'm not sure I understand your nature of your request. 
Are you worried that if Theta dies, the proxy would also be destroyed? You made uh, Theta, and you wanted to make sure that Theta had the freedom to choose in their own agency. From everything that I've heard and seen in Theta, I worry that they may have created my friend as a contingency. I can't see them giving life for any reason that isn't manipulative or cruel. Ah, uh, I understand your concerns now. I now calculate a probability that you are not from the estate. I'm not gonna lie to you. But you already have, haven't you? I've modified the amount of truth you were exposed to. An extraordinary amount of mental gymnastics to come to the conclusion that you have in fact lied to me. It's all I'm right, Zach. Let us speak plainly then. Your friend should be fine. Your friend is quickened. And it's very unlikely that Theta will have any control or any influence at all over your friend. In truth, the spark and then the subsequent quickening is how I lost control of the conversation with Theta. She began to become more and more aware of the strange itself. And once that happened, I had no way of reining her in. I had a few fail-safes built in should something go wrong, but it was never meant to stop her from acting. It was always meant to stop somebody from acting against her. What kind of fail-safes were those? Ones I'm going to give you to destroy her. Oh. We've trespassed and lied, and you're still going to help us. Because I can tell. I can read you. It might, you might find this disturbing, but my program is capable of analyzing every human practical moment and movement of your facial features. I can approximate your lies. I can approximate your truths. I can already determine by the fact that you all walked in here that you are relatively good people based off of the fact that you have concerns for each other and how you feel towards one another. And judging from your heart rates right now, I can tell that I've made you uncomfortable, and I apologize. So this failsafe. Yes. There's a complication, but I'm sure we can work together to overcome it. Ada had a mainframe here in Luna 1. And she has managed to successfully shut me out of it. A thing I did not think was possible, but a further explanation as to the power that she now wields. Up until this point, I'm the only person I was aware who was quickened. Ada has managed to quicken as well. She has begun to use the powers of the strange to bar me from gaining access to her old mainframe corridors that are located here underneath Luna 1. Can Theta access those across recursions? I don't believe so, no. I think she had it sealed away and guarded 
simply because she knew that gaining access to it might actually hold the key to her destruction. I don't believe she ever intends to return to this recursion unless it's to destroy it or me. Um, I, I, I have a question then. Yes. Actually, hi, um, Joe, Joe Beller. Hello, um, Joe. I, it just, uh, small computers can't do as much as big computers. I learned that. And if Theta's traveling around, then that's less computer space that you can just, like, bring with you inside, like, a person size thing than a whole mainframe or, or 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 whatever you've got going on that lets you be everywhere all at once. Like that probably takes a lot. So how how does theta even with I mean you got pretty nice tech but like the principles still hold, right? How much can she actually do away from that mainframe? She's not a projection, if that's what you're asking. Well, as I'm actually linked here to Luna One, I could, if I so chose, design and build myself a corporeal body of some kind so that I could do as Theta has done. That'd be hot. <coughs> really, Joe? <laughs> you just turn in. Theta <laughs> has constructed herself an outer shell, something that would house her consciousness and her technology. How she got the authorization and the abilities to do that, I have to assume that it's linked somehow to her connection to the strange. She has surpassed me in that regard. I would be proud of her if she was not hurting people. Is that what you think she motivates her? I confess a deficiency in my ability to predict or understand what's truly motivating her. Indeed, most of my program is run in loops as I'm constantly trying to comprehend and not project. I cannot detach the fact that I created her. And I have been forced to ask myself if there is not some seed of that evil that has given her life somewhere within me. Is the fault in my creation? Did I do this to her? Am I the one to blame? It's difficult to question. It's why her destruction is not my ideal situation. However, I can objectively calculate that any attempts to bring her in peacefully will result in much death. What's, what's your uh, confidence interval about that? Very high. Data feels though she has but one direction to go. She has chosen some kind of path to what she believes to be ascension. And she will build her way to that path on a road made of the corpses of human beings if she must. She does not see people as people. She views biological life as something of an inconvenience that's standing between her and breaching into the strange and ascending to a world eater. <laughs> mm. 
What's even the point of that, anyway? Indeed. It all seems rather superfluous to me. I, of course, find pleasure and fulfillment in service to others. Makes then sense. my existence is temporary. Why not make it meaningful? Why not make a difference? It makes sense to me. Um, it's fear. The ultimate predator has nothing to be afraid of. And there's no bigger predator than the planivore. So there's nothing to fear once you cross that threshold. Perhaps that is true. I've never lived a life with fear. I wouldn't recommend it. I'm not sure I agree. Perhaps you and I will be able to compare notes someday. If it makes you feel any better, I think I can give you peace with one question that you seem to have difficulty with. Theta is not afraid of that evil that is inside. There's never been a second's hesitation to utilize it, but you, someone that can be in multiple places at once and can understand a person at a glance, you fret over the potential for evil that might be in there. Evil folks don't do that. I had not considered that. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. And if there's a way for me to defy your calculations and to bring your child home safe. I will. It would be my preference. However, it's of dire importance that she threatens nobody any further. It's oh. not just people here on Luna One anymore. Now that she's oh. reached out through the recursions, she's threatening all life. Oh, yeah. I understand. May I ask, if you are not from the estate, where are you from? It, little place called Silver Creek in my friend here. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm from Kalano. Um, did you really long time ago on I just look out the window to the brown swirling mess. Mm -hmm. uh, did a big rock ever hit that this one? Uh, around the time of the dinosaurs. Did you have dinosaurs? Please tell me you had dinosaurs. Are you referencing the Chicxulub crater? Yeah. Wait. Yeah? I don't. Don't look at me. I don't. Yes. Uh, yeah. Ended, ended the dinosaur. Okay. Yeah. We're from then. But before, and also maybe it won't happen. Hmm. 
Very curious. Very interesting. It would be lovely to see the Earth again. It would be lovelier still to see what it might have looked like in its earlier days. Filled with life. I mean, the light is, is really cool. It does kind of want to kill you. Um, so <laughs> I guess Theta fits in. Um, At least now but... I have a better understanding of why it is you are so familiar with fear. Yeah. Well, you lay out the plans and the fail-safes and we'll take them and do what needs to be done and I have to ask, the recursion you come from, assuming it's not Earth, from what you've told me, or at least an alternate Earth, is it capable of supporting the kind of technology that I would be sending with you? Yeah. No, I mean, we're, we're good. Uh, we're, well, we're, we're from a level six recursion, uh, which I think is kind of like you. Uh, and we're, uh, wild science? What was it? What did they call it? science, I believe, is what they called it. <laughs> I mean, it's just science, right? <laughs> well, I guess yes. if you look at their tech. <laughs> hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we can, we can support, uh, all sorts of things, uh, um, um, translate. They translate. <laughs> Excellent. I look to Zach like, be proud of me. I'm remembering all these things. <laughs> then I can equip you with everything you need. Anything you require, Luna One can provide you. Yeah. Um, Weapons, like armor, gadgets of all kinds of sorts. Anything I can and will send with you. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that'd be good. Um, and maybe I can, still new to this, but give you something in return. And uh, Zach's eyes are going to glow a little bit, and he's going to offer his hand to the Examander. <gasps> the Examander looks at that curiously. And says, stand by. Another next commander appears in another one. And the one standing in front of you steps forward and says, This manifestation has been quarantined for security purposes. And yeah. he sends his hand to take yours. All right, here we go. And I would like to mind link. Okay. Uh, you open a pathway to another creature's mind via light touch, which allows you to transmit thoughts and images to each other. And I'm just going to take him through a tour of our recursion so that they can see Earth. Is it a two-way door? It is a two-way door if they want to send something my way. Um, yes, because you've just mind-linked with a level 8 AI. <laughs> <laughs> Oops! <laughs> um, the scale goes to 10, so you just mind-linked with... Um, you know, I'm just a voluntary transfer, right? Uh, is it a voluntary or is uh, it a pathway to another creature's mind via light touch, which allows you to transmit thoughts? The link remains regardless of distance and lasts for one hour. 
Uh, no, it's it's it, there's just oh, a path. Choice, uh, I don't get to choose what goes <laughs> in. <laughs> no, that's good to know because the next commander would not want to bombard your mind with yeah. giga quads of <laughs> data just flowing I in. Just all jack at directly in the um, Skynet. No big. Yeah. <laughs> But the, the sensation of linking your mind to an AI's mind of this incredible magnitude certainly has an effect on you, Zach, as you feel yourself kind of stiffen as the two minds meld for just one second worth of time. It's almost like a spark, and it's done. That's what it looks like on the outside as the two of you touch hands as he shakes your hand. Um, however, in your time, you see the dark storm swirling around earth the panicked radio transmissions that were coming from all over the place the probes that were sent in the adventurous humans that boarded ships and tried to enter the earth's atmosphere and were never heard from again you've heard about the the upset across the revel star force uh declaring martial law you heard about like all of the different colonies uh locking down violent unrest and the whole thing about to fall apart and Anaximander doing everything he can to keep the peace on Luna 1. Being everywhere at once. Um, you see briefly the creation of Theta. Uh, she does not have a physical form. She looks very similar to Anaximander. In fact, when she is first created, she is an exact clone. But speaks with a different voice. And the two of them converse. It's happening too fast for your mind to process. You're just aware of a conversation. Anaximander does have emotion, but they process so differently, so quickly. He, he comes to an objective understanding of everything he's experienced the moment he experiences them. It's instantaneous. And so he has sort of a reflective third-person point of view towards everything he does. Ah, that was sadness. Ah, yes. I was angry in that moment, and I see why now. What a curious reason to get from A to B. Like... He has this strange, detached understanding of himself. And it becomes more and more easy to see how another being could have been created from code that he kind of objectively was able to separate off and create. Um, but you do get this indeed, for a brief second, Zach, you do get a sense of fear from him. That he is afraid he's unleashed a very angry, bitter child that threatens the universe and it's his fault. Um, he knew full well how dangerous it was going to be but he believed and he believed in giving her full agency his faith has been rattled a little bit you also see that he has done a lot of research on human history of how humans feared ai for this very reason um and in for a brief split second you may have catch flashes of every film and story that's ever written about ai rising up and killing humankind um mostly because humans were not ready for it not any fault of the AI itself, but because humans just didn't know how to be parents yet. And that's where Anaximander is, wondering yeah. if somehow he made that same ridiculous error. But in I that, think... Zach, in that moment, you are intruded upon. You feel inquiry. You feel presence. As your memories are shifting, you start feeling an Xmender impressing upon you something. And you start catching flashes of your memory. You catch flashes of people coming and going out of Silver Creek. You catch flashes of people being brought back dead after attacks from raptors or any number of things that kills you out there as the entire wilderness 
is fighting for its life, same as you. Like you start having memories growing up and training. And an Eximander starts honing in on something you've been hiding from yourself, this desperate need to control things, to control the situation, to protect people from the inevitable, this incredible sense of responsibility you place upon yourself again and again, pushing people away, telling people what they can and cannot do, trying desperately control everything that is absolutely out of your control and the fear that that brings up you feel that link together with an examander's sense of responsibility over the entire human race right now he can be everywhere at once and he is doing everything he could possibly do in cycles beyond your comprehension and still that familiar insecurity i'm not doing enough i can't save them your hand lets go and it almost seems symbolic that what you look into is the face of an Aximander who looks like the universe wearing a tuxedo. And he just says, very interesting. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I envy your mind. Yes. I apologize. I normally would be more open, but there were security concerns, and I could only allow you access to 0.5%. <laughs> Thank you. I think 0.6 would have given me an even bigger migraine. Um, it's never enough. So it has to be enough. Uh, it's not important. We've got work to do. I shall take you to the armory. From there, you'll need to gain access to the mainframe. It will have resistance. I am incapable of entering the mainframe myself. Theta very wisely removed everything that allowed me to project inside the mainframe itself. And I have not sent any of the Star Force or informed anyone for security reasons. The estate and I coordinate together. And when issues like this occur, the estate or those from the strange are the ones who should deal with it. If you had not arrived, I don't know how much longer it would have been before the estate finally paid heed to my calls for help. I don't think they've made the connection that Theta is the problem. Uh, that's uh, a lot of smart people in a room talking and sometimes they talk in circles. I think... The estate, to borrow a phrase from humankind, is in over their head. Very much so. You're nine feet tall and you're in over your head. I guess it's yes. maybe just being a person. Can't disagree with that. And they have nothing like the AI power that we have here in this recursion. Which is why I'm inclined to help the estate in any way I possibly can. Uh, helping them helps us, so I guess we appreciate it. We get to the mainframe. We overcome the resistance. And then... Our code. That's what you'll need. 
There is a failsafe inside that was designed to protect her and sen essentially send her into shutdown. However, in her current quickened state, it would not have quite the same effect. It would, in fact, disintegrate her. It is a last course of action. If you were able to effectively implement the virus, it would slowly destroy her and eradicate all presence of her sentience. It's not what I want. But if she does not leave you a choice, it needs to be an option. However, there is a possible, a possible second option. If you can return her to me, that would require you taking her across recursions. You would have to translate directly here. I can give you a translation key, but I would need access to the mainframe first. Then you'll get it. Okay. I understand just by reading your body language and listening to the tone of your voice that you have every intention of not taking option one. Well, I mean, except you. And an Examander turns and looks directly at you, Ozzy. You strike me as someone who do absolutely what is required to protect that which they love, which is good. It means I can count on you to do what's required. I have to say, Zach, and turns and looks back at you, if she doesn't leave you with an option, I would follow Ozzy's lead on that. I want to save her. And I want to try again. But that has to be her decision as well. She doesn't leave you with that option. Please do not risk Silver Creek. I won't. You have my word. I hope I get to see you all again. I'm saying this now because I don't know how quickly the course of events will start playing out once I take you down to the mainframe. If I don't have an opportunity for sentiments then, allow me to express them now. It's been a pleasure meeting both of you. And I hope I get to meet your friend, the other Joe, and Dahlia, who seems to me, based off of your memory, Zach, is the one that is the proxy? Dahlia will be fine if she is quickened. She is quick and she is her own woman. Even if she wasn't, she is. Judging from my experience with Beta, I could not disagree with that. Please follow me. Um, at that moment, Clover finally says, I just think you're really amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Clover. I appreciate your love for technology. Perhaps we could talk more. And the elevator door closes as the, a lot of you just... I need the extra muffin, though. I, I definitely just, like, lean back real quick. Okay, the, the camera around. pans <laughs> as you just your hand into your frame and snatches the muffin right off the plate. <laughs> just, one, just one more. One for my baby and one more for the road. The early morning sounds of a pterosaur flying overhead wakes you up from um, your nap. Joe, um, you guys have been waiting for a good opportunity for conversation with our boy. And 
It's been a lot of moving around the ship, a lot of moments come and gone where you're trying to find opportunities to have that conversation, Dahlia. He has to go through like the, the like orientation, basically. Like. Yeah. And y'all are kind of doing this thing where no one really wants to sleep through the night. So everyone's doing long stretches of napping. So it's been about a day here on the water. Y'all are moving through and it's been pretty calm, understandably, because you're not that far away from Kaleno City. And here to the center of the Tortix run, where there's a lot of traffic, the plesiosaurs that move through here are definitely looking for someone to fall into the water, but aren't quite that aggressive yet. <clears throat> when y'all are going to be making your turn north, passing the riverbanks, that's when things are going to get interesting. But finally, after about a year or so, uh, or at least that's what it feels like, of waiting and waiting for this to finally present an opportunity here. There's some downtime as everyone's taking a break. And Dahlia, you see him at the rear of the vessel um, sticking a very crude-looking travel fork into what you have to assume is a very spongy-looking kind of field ration that he's just gnawing on the very back, and he's just kind of looking out over the water by himself. Definitely going to approach. Okay, you stride up to him. Yeah, hey, see anything interesting there? He looks back and says, oh, um, no, it's just, just like to check, just like to look over my shoulder sometime, you know, yeah. especially on the, on the run, when you're uh, on Tortix run, you just, you never know if uh, something's trailing the, the boat or. Yeah. You never know if someone's going to stab you in the back, man. <laughs> he stares at you. I mean, yeah, you you always like watch over your shoulder. Like, there's always people like kind of shady sometimes. Like, just you, you never know. Yeah, I, I guess so. And he sticks another fork of food in his mouth. How's the food? Okay. So yeah, I was I was thinking I should probably go share some food with my best friend Joe over there. Um. But I wanted to make sure that the food was good first. Okay. Well, yeah, it's fine. Do you have a best friend? No, kind of on my own. So, like, just never had a best friend? Like, you're just a lone wolf? Shrugs and says, I get around. I move around too much to stay in one place to make friends, you know? <laughs> Why do you move around? Just to, like, grow some, I don't know, root somewhere. Roll an intellect check. This is an insight roll. Any kind of like sensing motive as you can pry into this a little bit? Sure. No problem. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a nat 20. <laughs> um, he, he exhibits an ex he manages to quickly bury thinks you don't see it. But a sudden, like, you see the telltale signs from the way his hand trembles a little bit as he forks the food to the sharp intake of breath and to the small clearing of the throat. And then the a little too over-exaggerated glance off behind him like he's expecting something to attack him. He is very nervous. And it, it directly relates to the question as to... Why don't you settle down somewhere? Why don't you just, you know, why are you always moving? Like he, 
what you notice, Dahlia, is he he look he's looking over his shoulder, not towards you or anybody else in the boat. He's looking behind him a lot. He's keeping his eyes out. The moment's gone, but you feel that from him. And he goes, oh, I just never been the, the settle down type, you know? And one day a big rock's supposed to kill us all. I figure I might as well just see the world while I can. So <laughs> that's kind of what I'm doing. Kill us all. What's that? I said, how do you know a big rock's going to kill us all? <laughs> sure, sure. It's not. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I've tried living my life like that. You know, I had uh, an uncle who just kept insisting it was all some kind of conspiracy. <laughs> what if it was? <laughs> uh, that everyone's been lying to us since the first commute? Mm -hmm. I'd say that'd be a pretty bad joke. It would, right? Yeah. Hmm. You're not one of them conspiracy theorists, are you? No. I am a gifted person, though. Okay. I uh, I tend to see things as, as they come. Or as they've happened. He lowers his fork and goes, you're an Osteon? Mm -hmm. No shit. I've never met an Osteon before. Oh. Yeah, we're one of a kind. Wow. Did you like read my fortune and shit like that? Um, yeah, actually I can. <laughs> I don't have any money, so please don't. No, I could it, no no problem. I mean you're you're helping us here. Like I I can read your fortune, no problem. All right, sure, yeah. Uh but nothing creepy. I don't want to know if when I'm gonna die or anything like that. I just wanna oh, okay. Um yeah. Um, yeah, um, can I see your hand? Is that how this works? And he sets down the rations, puts his hand out. It's one way. I'm not going to lie. I'm not sure I believe in this stuff, but, you know, I've seen time anomalies, so I know that they weird exist. stuff happens. Yeah, mm -hmm. please go ahead. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, so she's going to, like, run her fingers, like, down his palm and, like, trace the, the lines and stuff like that. Very and... rough hands. Um, You get the impression that this dude has probably been out working most of his life judging from yeah. like how well how callous they are yeah so like closing her eyes she kind of just like all right um kind of getting a sense that you've been on the run for a really long time make me a perception check real quick Dahlia. sure um is that Next still an one. intellect roll it's an intellect roll and the difficulty of this is going to be six got a four four okay um, his arm just looks really scarred up. Like most of his life looks like it's written on his skin. You've been through a lot. I'm older now. But yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I also see or sense that you've had trouble in your past. Oh shit. That's everybody who's done anything with their lives. Fair point. I'll be a little bit more specific. You caused trouble. Shit. That's also anybody who's done anything significant with their life. Okay. Um, I also see science. <laughs> well, that must be a relief. I wish I could see science. In your past, lab coats. Like Sati or something? Yes. Huh. 
Did you work for Sati? When I was younger, was... grandfather was um, one of the first commuters. Interesting. I can see that in your lineage here. Yeah. Um, served. Uh, I was one of the higher ups. And um, you know how they, they sort of like a, what do you call it? Sort of like, <laughs> I guess you could call me a bit of a Nepo baby in that regard. Yeah, I, I, I kind of understand that. I, I have a, an aunt who was also pretty high up there as well. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Maybe, I mean, maybe he knew her. Yeah, maybe. It's it's not that big of a crowd when you look back to the first commuters. Pretty tight-knit group for a while there. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, my, my Aunt Theta. Very unique name. <laughs> that is a weird name. I know, right? But pretty, I guess. You like yeah, she, she's really pretty. In fact, apparently I look a lot like her. His yeah. eyes widen suddenly, like it clicks, like you flipped a switch, like you pressed the button. It's the Joey moment <laughs> in Friends. <laughs> he has that. You just see his eyes widen. <coughs> he looks at you, and he. <clears throat> do you remember that? Um, do you remember the uh, to further use movie reference? Do you remember the moment when Neo couldn't, where his mouth completely vanished and he freaked out and threw himself back from the table? It's the same level of holy shit from him, where he realized he's like right next to, oh my god, it's Theta, kind of like reaction, and he the the fork clatters to the ground and as he throws himself backwards. Oh. As he throws himself backwards, he doesn't he he's pressed up against the side of the boat um i want joe and i need dahlia to roll perceptions perception check. okay okay um the difficulty is four so you need a 12 or better Sixteen. nice i i will lower it by one automatically with free level of effort and i'm gonna roll on that Natural 20. <laughs> Let's go boat crew. <laughs> okay. Um, Joe's so been able to watch. She's just been watching. She has not, she has not been involved. She's like on the other side of the, like, she's not been involved in the social link so she can just watch. Uh, so the, the motion of him throwing himself back suddenly, throw a back up against a boat is enough to cause a bit of an alarm that like, what, wait, what's happening? As he reacts, like, Dahlia just tried to shoot him or something. He throws himself back and he's about to say something when the sound catches your attention and his. But all of you distinctly, distinctly start hearing this buzzing sound. Sounds like fans. And he stops and you see Caddy lift her head up and start looking around going, she slowly stands up and looks around and says, what the fuck is that? You rolled a nat 20. And Dahlia, what was your roll? 16. Okay, so then the two of you catch the direction and you look at each other and then glance behind the boat where he was constantly looking. 
and four shapes have appeared out of the morning fog headed straight towards the boat. They're human sized and they are flying. They do not look like pterosaurs, but instead they look like metal, whatever they are. They look like they have a center and off the sides of them are two metal branches that on the end are clearly what look like circled whirring fans of some kind, causing them, giving them the ability to fly like basically like pivoting to the side and pressing air down. They look like human-sized drones, and there are four of them flying straight towards the boat at high speed. They're going to be oh. on you pretty fast. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. <sighs> I he, don't know what that means. Um, but we He freaks out. <laughs> when you say, I don't know what that means, he, freaks, he sees them and looks back at you and he goes, how the fuck did you find me? And he's going to get up and start running towards the front of the boat, but at that point... I'm going to need an initiative roll from everybody. <laughs> okay. Can you remind me how to do initiative again? Sure thing. So it's actually, um, initiative is uh, actually a, it, it's a dex-based roll, but it is against the difficulty of the creatures that you are in combat with. So you're actually going to learn the difficulty of these four drones that are flying towards you in order to go first. Um, the difficulty is three, so you need a nine or better on these drones. So that's worth our speed, correct? Yep. And yeah. if you have initiative as a skill, obviously that will come into play. Otherwise, it's just a speed roll. And you Question. can spend effort. Is is initiative a combat task? Is that is it considered a, a combat yes. action? Yes, I would consider it a combat action. Combat well, action. Well, I... I Actually, no, I wouldn't, because it doesn't take winning initiative does not necessarily immediately mean that you're equating that to combat. You might not be engaging in combat on an initiative roll. So I would say no, not necessarily is it a combat task. Okay, so I when I teared up, I recently got a, a thing called Think Your Way Out, which um, when okay. you wish you can use points from your intellect pool rather than your might or speed pools on any non-combat action. I will 100% let you use that for... So I'm a big... Uh, let me just sidebar here. I've read a couple of RPGs in the past couple of months that like to let people use their intellect skills as well as their dexterity for initiative roles. And I am a big believer in that philosophy, that gaming philosophy. It makes dexterity much less of a super stat, which mm -hmm. tragically 5e has made it. And um, it also opens the door to people who are not hardcore combat focused. And this is another reason why I believe Cyberpunk Red does this, and it's pretty rad. Um, so... Um, I will let you use that if you want to use that for initiative here. Yes. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. Yes, I'm just I'm just using it to drop the difficulty by one by one with my free level of effort. Or free, yeah. One of the one of the it's RPGs. Been a, it's been a while. I, I haven't played I don't know if it's while. I've been reading so many RPGs. I can't keep track of which one it was. <laughs> um all right. But yeah, go ahead and uh if you want to do that. And yeah, the difficulty here is nine. Or the difficulty is three, target number is nine. <laughs> Yeah, I rolled a one, so never mind on that. Uh, think your way out. That's GM intrusion. It is. Hey, guess what? That means I'm going to have one level more difficult on everything to do with these guys. Oh, <laughs> man. I hold love on. Joe. These, these, hold on. These machines actually give me specific notes for GM intrusion, so let me read this I real quick. that for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I chose, I'd rolled a 20 um, and then a one back to back. Joe's my best friend. <laughs> Okay. 
get wrecked. Um, I don't like those DM sounds. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, uh, what'd you roll, Dahlia? 16 again. Okay, so you're going to go first. Perfect balance. <laughs> um, They are about 60 feet away and closing fast. Ew. What would you like to do? Uh, I would say they're basically know. at medium range. Ah, Shiza Manelli. You do have a gun? Yeah, I do have a gun. So yeah, a that's just about all I can do. There None of my cool stuff tends least... to happen. Yeah, I'm going to try to take a shot. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, you're not at a penalty for the range, but it is fast moving. Let's see. You can take a shot, I believe. I believe is you're just trying to hit the target number of this thing. So, Wait, I have a weird idea. Oh, excellent. What's it's your weird idea? It's a very weird idea. So okay. honestly, what I would have liked to have been doing previously to this is actually looking for the hard drive that he would have um, kept on him. So hopefully using all of the chaos that's happening by distraction, I don't think Dahlia would take a shot. I think she would utilize this and try to use it to her advantage to go find something. And from previous times, I don't know if this has gone away, but I still have a cipher called Look Away where I can actually house something in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, in order to achieve this, you would need to know the location of the hard drive and then you would need to palm it somehow. Yeah. So those so are the, the two tasks you would have to complete in order to do what to get your hands on it. Easy peasy. So I've got to locate it. I also have an ability, Ledgermans, that allows me to basically do a, a, a quick swap of it. Okay. Um, so in order to locate it... I also have Sense the Unseen. Or wait, what is it called? See the Unseen. Sorry. So Offer then that would, be, that would be essentially in this particular moment, I would say that would be your action is using Sense the Unseen, in which case you would know immediately where the location of the hard drive was. Let's go. Okay, so then that's your action for the round. You basically realizing you're on the clock suddenly as these things are swooping in um, that you need to find that hard drive. That's the priority. Whatever this hard drive and its significance, you need it. Yep. Using Sense the Unseen, you basically tap into the threads of time and space to try to understand where the object you were looking for is currently being housed. And sure enough, it's in that small little strapped on backpack that he has strapped tightly against his back. It all it, it is folded. It is secured inside of what it's a, you believe is like some kind of metal casing to protect it, but it looks makeshift. Like he shoved it in there. It doesn't belong in there, but it's just big enough to fit it. And it looks like he's been keeping it there. Um, yeah, I'm it's on his back. It's in a backpack on his back. So, um, that's gonna be your action. It's now quick, gonna be what's up? Quick question. Yeah, how much can Vern lift? Vern, not the hard drive. Well, Vern could drag the hard drive. Okay, just Probably checking. couldn't lift it, though. Just checking. Outside of its case could drag the hard drive. Inside of its case, Vern is tugging at a big metal case. and looking Just checking. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Um, okay, so on the next initiative order, it is going to be NPC initiative. And because they are tied, it goes, I'm going to give it to the NPC. So it's going to go to Caddy, who immediately is going to drop to one knee and shout everybody to get down as she levels a rifle at one of these things. And she's going to take a shot and is going to strike one. Doing four points of damage. <laughs> 
and nothing happens <laughs> because uh yeah nothing happens as a small bolt of energy flies out and smashes into one of them you see it kind of drop altitude for a split second and then pick itself back up and just start and she goes oh fuck me and she starts reloading the next round um that's gonna be her action it is now their action they are responding to a gm intrusion one yep. of them lowers a cannon you just see this little <laughs> go and fires directly at joe um joe i need you to make a speed defense check against a di increased difficulty of four so you need to make a 12 or better on the defense check <laughs> i've uh, never seen a character more determined to die <laughs> i literally i made her i made her this way on purpose i love reaping the benefits of my actions okay uh okay and this okay this is a, a combat action yeah this is a speed yeah. defense check yeah okay yeah you're basically um, trying to i don't think anything works so i'm going to i just need to get to my turn i think okay so i'm gonna Spend two levels of effort. Okay. And I'm gonna roll on two, so six or better. Ten. <laughs> okay. Ten. Okay. Ten. <laughs> A bolt of energy that you're certain would have been devastating should it hit you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It passes so close to you that the ends of your hair ignite into quick, tiny little flames and curl up back at, <laughs> as this blast of energy slams into the water, causing this concussive <laughs> geyser of water to erupt and splash down on everybody on the boat. Um, yeah, that would have that would have been bad if that had hit yeah. you. So um, she's been shot at. She had just a little bit of a better reaction this time. <laughs> uh, but there are still three more. Um, the other one is going to, let's see, what is the range on this? Long, so it's going to open fire. And uh, it's going to attack the boat. Oh, no. You see this little device. It looks like, it, it looks oddly like uh, some kind of, it, it almost looks like some kind of maintenance device that just drops off the bottom. And at first you think it's dropping something into the water, but then your fears, Joe, as you see a spark of light at the end of it, and it just goes, a trail of smoke. It takes you a few seconds to realize it's a missile before it comes screaming towards the boat. Incoming, um, she yells. <laughs> like, she just tries to, not that anybody can do anything, but if she saw it, she wants to make sure people know. Yeah, the the it smashes into the boat, and there is a small explosion towards the bow as there's this column of flame that rises up and the entire boat just shakes. I need everybody to make a dexterity. Uh, I need you to make a speed check here. Uh, the difficulty is three. Okay. Can, for I, me, I think. can I use effort against this? Yes. Okay. 17. 17. What was the difficulty again? So I three. knocked it down. You need a nine okay. or better, yeah. Okay, so then using effort, I knocked it down to a two. Okay, so you need a six or better. Okay, that's a six, exactly. <laughs> you do not go in the water. So you managed to keep you managed to keep yourself 
uh, afloat, and or rather not from going in the water, just as the boat swings violently towards the banks. However, our friend who you were speaking to would thrown his back against the side of the boat goes right over the edge. Is the bag with him? Yes, it's still strapped to his oh, back. God. He goes, oh, shit! And you see his legs as spread as he just flops over the side of the boat and crashes into the water. The Toratics run. The water everyone tells you don't go into. Um, the third drone is going to open fire at Caddy. Oh, um, Caddy, however, took cover. She is partially yeah. covered behind uh, some uh, uh, crates on the boat, which is where she was firing from. So the machine gun fire riddles the uh, base of the boat. You see wooden splinters popping up everywhere, and you hear the the whistling sounds and the tank sounds of bullets slamming against metal plates as this machine misses her. <laughs> um, and then the last one, number four. What are the range on that one? Short range. Okay, so it's going to use its action to close uh, range this turn. And it's going to move up to short range. One of them just goes and starts moving right up to the boat. And you see this small door open on the side of this. This thing looks like a cylindrical uh, sort of manufactured, like kind of cobbled together piece of tech. Definitely advanced, but definitely not like Sati advanced future tech. But somebody genius put this together. It comes zipping right up and you see the door just drop as it's getting ready to fire some kind of ordinance. But that's its action for the round. And now it's your turn, Joe. Can I get to Caddy? <laughs> yes, easy. She's about maybe three feet away from you. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, no. She ducks down the Caddy and is like, sorry about this. And I'm going to get in there and I'm going to like... Joe knows a lot about different types of tech, even tech that isn't necessarily her particular flavor, just because she likes to learn and she doesn't have a lot of friends. She gets in there and like pulls down like a lever, resets something and like slams it back together in Caddy's rifle while she's holding it, I would like to use machine efficiency, and I would like to increase the level of this object by two for one minute. I want <laughs> I want I want this, this, this NPC to go up two levels. I need her to protect me. <laughs> okay. Okay. In which case, I um, it's amazing because the gun was doing four points of damage, but these creatures have an armor of four. So she was basically <laughs> glancing blow, but she has now figured... jumped from a level three NPC <laughs> to mm -hmm. a level five NPC. Yep. Um, yes, please. <laughs> so as the power levels just, you see that as you slam the clip back into the rifle, the power level goes, it's ammunition, which is basically keeping track of how much power is flowing through it. It immediately blinks red, goes, and it warns about an override. And she goes, what the fuck did and she goes, that okay, one! And she points at the one that just yeah. came down <laughs> down onto the ship. All right, so on her action, she'll be able to attack it next round. Um, <laughs> That's my turn. The, the end of this round, however, because of the situation with the boat being smashed by that missile, uh, the boat is steering uh, next round. It is going to ramp up onto the shore. So uh, y'all are headed towards land. Um, unfortunately, the steering column is back towards where Dahlia is, which is actually the area of the ship that is most exposed and under attack right now. Um, you can still see the white water splash of the guy who went overboard. These drones come zipping in, one of them closing into close range, and the others preparing their weapons. And we're going to stop there. <gasps> no! 
way. <laughs> 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 yep. I knew it was coming, and yet. <laughs> yeah. What better place at the top of the round? Um, How could you? You'll be hearing from my feels lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> Next week is the finale. God. 15 episodes of Secrets uh, Legacy of Silver Creek, the sequel to Secrets of Silver Creek. Um, we're going to be wrapping up this season one way or the other. Next episode, <laughs> we'll see how things play out. Um, but um, yeah, I'm ex this has been such a thrill to come back to Silver Creek. Um, we'll have more information for everybody who's watching. Uh, we've been getting questions about Beacon. We will have more information of that coming up. We are so eager to, to finish off that season story. So we'll let you know when that's happening. Um, but until then, as always, thank you so much to Althaven for hosting us again, as they have for the past, oh, three plus years now. Um, we will catch you back here Monday night next week. Until then, stay whimsical. As we wrap up today's thrilling recording on Predation, remember that you can catch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash every Monday night at 6 p.m. PST. Explore our diverse podcast library, from the $2 creature feature to pest control and beyond. Dive into our rich archive, featuring everything from the eerie mysteries of ghosts and werewolves to the epic adventures of Star Trek and superheroes. Your continued support fuels Althaven's journey, so please consider supporting us on Ko-Fi to help create more shows like this. Join our lively Discord community to stay updated on upcoming Haven events. Until next time, keep exploring, keep listening, and keep the Haven spirit alive. Thank you for being a cherished part of Altaven.